amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. This is Thanksgiving week, and I'm wishing you guys all a great holiday with your friends and family. We are going to play football in the morning at a park with friends and then come back for a Thanksgiving lunch. Now, unbeknownst to my husband, I've invited an extra guest this year, and that makes two people at lunch this year, Thanksgiving lunch, who are psychics. I believe that there are ghosts in my house, and I would like for them to channel them and see if they can, I don't know, even see them or hear them. And then maybe we can discuss after some pumpkin pie. These conversations will go on undoubtedly at the table and my husband will still not pick up on it. So yes, that's my Thanksgiving. We are going to play football and then I'm going to have a psychic intervention. I personally hate Thanksgiving food. Nothing creeps me out more than creamy things and the idea of a sweet potato casserole covered in marshmallows. It's disgusting. It actually makes me think of when I was a kid and my stepfather insisted on making coleslaw at all family holidays. Coleslaw is vile. It is disgusting and I don't know why anybody would eat it. In fact, he was the only person that ate it. Our holidays were usually pretty busy as a kid. Even though I had the most dysfunctional family in North America, we somehow would have a collection of relatives that would come over. And included in that bunch was my grandfather, who would only bring six shrimp to the festivities. So would call my mom and ask, what can I bring? And she'd say a platter of seafood, and he would bring six shrimp. And then my, uh, my stepfather, as I mentioned, was in a lot of health failure for many, many, many years to the point where he got his last rights at least three times and never kicked the bucket. I should note that he was a horrible person. So he, at the, in the last couple years, he would travel around with an oxygen tank connected to him, his, uh, his face. And my cousins and I would take turns stepping on the cords with hopes that maybe it would stunt his breathing. But unfortunately, it never worked. So I am wishing you guys a great Thanksgiving holiday. And this episode is really special because Jackie Goldschneider is a new cast member on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. She opens up about joining the show, but also about overcoming an eating disorder. Lauren Everts is host of the Skinny Girl Confidential podcast, and she reviews the season finale of Real Housewives of Orange County. IT account manager Cricket Johnston reviews TLC's show Unexpected, which takes a raw look at three teenage pregnancies and the effects that it has on their families as everyone prepares for the arrival of the babies. And then my friend Great Love Debate host Brian Howie. I had him on because he does all of these events across the country and he has reality stars participate. And I wanted to ask him about what it's like to work with reality stars and what it's really like for them once they leave their TV shows. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life 
to 500-500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500-500. I am so excited because I was able to track down Jackie Goldschneider, the newest member of Real Housewives of New Jersey in New Jersey. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about you. Where are you from originally? I grew up in Staten Island, New York, hence my rough edge. Uh, I was there until high school. And then I moved to New Jersey. So where did you go to college? I went to Boston University. And then I came back to New York and I went to Fordham Law School. And then y- your husband, he went to Georgetown, correct? No, he went to Michigan undergrad. And we're all huge Michigan fans. That's why there's so many pictures on my Instagram and everything of Michigan. Um, so he went to Michigan undergrad. And then he uh, worked for a few years and then he went back for his MBA at Georgetown. He's a smart dude. So how did you guys meet? We met at a really dirty beer bar in the city. I've always been like a very like um, like uh, not so much of a club kid, more of like a uh, beer and, you know, loud music kind of girl. So we met at a bar that everyone who spent their, you know, early 20s in New York City knows Brother Jimmy's. So we met at Brother Jimmy's on a, on a random Thursday night. And then how long were you married until you had your first set of twins? Um, not that long. We got married in August of 2006. And we had our babies in April of 2008. So not long at all. And then how long after that did you have your second set of twins? Um, not long, two and a half years. So I had four kids in diapers at the same time. I had four kids under the age of three. So tell me all the kids' names. So the first, I'll give you in firstborn to last order. It was Jonas, Aiden, Hudson, and Alexis. Adorable. And their ages are? So Jonas and Aiden are 10, and Hudson and Alexis are eight. I know that you're buddies with Margaret. How, yes. how did the opportunity to be on the show come about? Um, well, you know, Margaret and I had a close mutual friend and that friend was also friends with Siggy. And so uh, she was really connected to the show. And, um, when the opportunity presented itself, um, I've never been the type of person who said no to anything. Um, so I, you know, I went for it and, you know, one thing after another just happens and it was in the cards, I guess. Well, one thing I do love about you already is that you were willing to admit that you've watched the show before because nothing drives viewers more crazy than when someone says, yeah, I never watched the show, but I just signed up. So your husband's very private person. So how did you get him on board? So let me start by saying that I would never do anything. I would never force anyone to do anything that was completely out of their comfort zone. So once I knew that it looked like I was um, going to go forward with the show. I, you know, before, before everything, I actually sat him down and I said, you know, if I go for this, it needs to be with your blessing. And he was like, yeah, go for it. I mean, I don't think he expected it to happen and neither did I. So he was the one who told me definitely explore it at first. And then when it looked like it was a reality, we really had to have a heart to heart. And I told him, look, it's not a show about you, but it is a show about family. So you will have to be on it. And I can't, every time that cameras come around, I can't feel bad and I can't keep apologizing. So either you're in it or you're not. And he understood that. And he said, I'm in it. 
I will do. I mean, I think that a, a large portion of it is him wanting to make me happy and I would do the same thing for him. So he was fine with it. He was good. And, you know, it didn't I didn't impinge on him, his comfort zone too much. But I also think that he opened up to it a lot more than we both expected him to. So one of the things I'm really looking forward to learning about you is I know that you're going to be open about some body image issues. And I think it's a Mm -hmm. really important topic for women, young women, middle aged women to be open about because I don't know any woman who hasn't at some point in their life had some sort of body image issue. So at age 26, you say that you stepped up exercising and and eating well. Why do you think that 26 was such an interesting age for that to happen? I just think it happened. That happened to be the age I was when I finally found a diet that worked all my other diets. I was always a yo-yo dieter and Every time I would lose weight, I'd lose a little, it would come right back. And I finally found something that, um, a way of restricting my calories that was working. And like, suddenly I was getting thinner. And if you've ever been, I was, I was very heavy at one point. And if you've ever been really heavy, you know, that, you know, to be uncomfortable in your own body, you know, and to always want to lose weight is, you know, once you find a diet that works, you, you really like want to stick to it. It feels good. And so I think I got, I just got carried away with it. Once I started losing weight and it really started coming off, I just was scared to put it back on. I was scared. One of the things that was your issue was exercise bulimia. And I feel like very few people talk about that. Can you yeah explain how that kind of um, spiraled? Yeah. So um, w- what I would do was... I didn't necessarily follow a diet. I was just very old school calories in, calories out. So I gave myself a baseline number of calories that I could eat every day, just based on my body, not moving at all, just my heart beating and my organs functioning. And then any amount of exercise I did on top of that was the more food that I was allowed to eat. So it was basically, I would just work out so much so that I could eat more. Um, and when I say more, like I wasn't going and getting a burger, I was like just surviving. Um, the amount I would allow myself to eat on no exercise was really, really low. So not exercising was almost not an option. So I would go to the gym. I mean, there was never, ever a day off, you know, come hot, come hell or high water. I could be, you know, sick, terribly sick. And I was still working out. Um, and I would really, um, mostly what I did was run. I would run at a really high speed for like an hour and just until my legs wanted to fall off. I mean, I would just be thinking to myself during it that like, it was just torture. It was awful. And I just, I couldn't stop because if I didn't do it, I couldn't eat. Then I was really surprised to hear that when you met your husband on your first date, you passed out. It wasn't our first date. It was one of our early dates. It was one of our really early dates. And I just, I remember we were just talking in a bar and next thing I know, I woke up on the floor. That happened to me three times in my life, all during that period from, from just not eating. Um, and I think he knew why, I mean, he was a smart guy, but food was so touchy. I mean, I, I used to like shut him down so quickly if he ever brought it up. So I don't blame him for not, you know, being like my savior. I mean, that's not a position I wanted to put my boyfriend in. So this is a question I have, and I hope this isn't touchy, but does, did the eating disorder affect your fertility at all? 
Absolutely. I, I mean, I, my doctors never told me that, but I fully, during that time, I, I, I mean, I don't, I just didn't have my period. I didn't ovulate. I didn't do anything. And I really think it was caused by just having no body fat, having no body fat. And I mean, when I say no, I mean, like I had like 9%. Um, I had hardly any body fat. I wasn't ovulating. I wasn't menstruating. I wasn't doing anything. So I, I mean, common sense tells me that it had to, it had to be part of it. So when your kids became toddlers, you'd mentioned that you started to weigh your children's food. Right. I was so nervous that, first of all, I was so used to weighing everything, but I was so nervous that my, I mean, all I thought about was food. So, um, I was nervous that my children were not going to eat enough. I was scared for them to have what I had. So I always wanted to make sure that they were eating enough. So, if they were going to eat chicken, I was weighing their chicken to make sure they were getting more like the amount that they needed. And it was so unnecessary. Um, and my children would see me do it all the time. They thought weighing your food was just a normal part of eating. And when I told that to the nutritionist, she was just, you know, she was a lot more gentle with me with the baby steps. But when she heard that I was doing that with the kids food, she was like, you are never, you're never doing that again, ever. And I like, it just terrified me. I didn't want to pass on any habits to my sons or like, especially to my daughter, but like to any of my children, I don't want them to think that weighing your food is a normal way to eat. People don't do that before they eat. Yeah. The one moment where it just clicked in your brain that you needed to get help. I mean, I had, I had a lot of moments, but I didn't get help after all the moments. So like I had the moment where I, I came home, I went with my husband to Mexico in, uh, 2008, seven, 2007. And I brought, I just was so scared of an all-inclusive. The whole idea of a restaurant not changing my meal for me, um, was horrifying because I would change every meal to like steamed fish and steamed vegetables everywhere I went. So, um, I brought like, I want to say like 30, you know, bags of chips and of like, like low fat, like single serve chips and, and like 30 cans of tuna. And I just brought cans of tuna with me everywhere I went and just ate them. I would order a salad and just dump a can of tuna on top of it when no one was looking. And, um, I came home from that trip and I was my thinnest ever. I stepped on the scale and I said to myself, this is it. Like, I'm going to die. I have to stop. And it also like I, everything was unenjoyable to me. I mean, we went to Israel and all I ate was hummus because I knew how many calories were in a tablespoon of hummus. It was just, everything was getting so ridiculous and out of hands. I couldn't control myself. So, um, I think I stood on the scale and I said, this has to stop, but that's not even when it stopped. But that was probably the first time that I admitted to myself that it was, it was so out of hands and I was going to die if it, if it didn't stop. Um, I actually, so I, I was, I went one time to a therapist to work through some issues I was having, um, personally, nothing to do with food. And I just didn't click with this therapist. And at the end of the therapy session, I think she knew that like, we just didn't click. And she said, can I ask you something off the topic? I said, sure. She said, do you have issues with eating with food? And I said, no. And I was like, let me get out of here. And she was like, I'm going to give you somebody's number. And if you want, if you choose to use it, like, that's great, but I want you to have it. 
And I said, I'm sorry, I don't need it. I have a nutritionist already. She said, just take it. And she said, it's a nutritionist who specializes in eating disorders. So I took the number, I went home and I said, let me just call her. I never saw the therapist again, but I called the nutritionist and that, that was the beginning of the end for me. This nutritionist helped me. I mean, I just, I, the way she spoke to me, I just knew, I knew she, she could help me. I knew she understood what I was going through. She understood that I didn't want to put on 20 pounds right away. It wasn't worth it to me. That wasn't worth it to me to come out of it and gain five pounds. Yeah, I could do that. But I was not convinced until I met her that anyone could help me eat normally without me turning back into the obese person that I used to be until I met her. Have you had any health issues post post related nutritionist? To, yes. Related to nutrition? No. They said some women just stop just stop shedding the lining. I don't know. But I am done having children. My, you know, my estrogen is healthy. I eat a lot of calcium. So I'm, I take care of myself now and I'm strong. I make sure that I don't let old habits creep in. I mean, everybody has, you know, there are, there are some moments where I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll just, you know, skip this meal. Um, but I don't let myself do that. I do have issues with exercise though. Still. I mean, I don't, I don't exercise nearly the way that I used to, but I do have problems taking a day off from the gym. Do you worry that being on TV might trigger anything? Because I not know that all. to be uh, to be on TV when you're not, you don't start off as an actress or something. It's a lot of pressure. So, is there a concern at all that it might somehow rear its ugly head? I'm not. I'm not concerned at all. I know myself very well. Um, being on TV so far has has made me criticize myself in other ways. Um, oh, my, like my lips are too thin or, you know, my, my jawline is, is too square, things like that. But when it comes to my body, I do not mess around anymore. I never, I never want to go back to that place. And I know it's, I don't, I don't look at my body on TV and, and worry about dieting. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could ever go back to that place. Do you talk to your daughter about these issues? Now, I don't talk to my daughter specifically about eating disorders, but I did tell my kids, I watched the show with my kids and I told them, um, this week that mommy was going to be talking about an eating disorder and I explained to them what it was and I explained to them that I used to be very, very skinny and that I, I didn't eat enough and that now I'm strong and healthy. So they know nothing about it with my daughter. I don't discuss eating disorders specifically, and I'm always sure to tell her that she's beautiful and, and I, I never let her, you know, hear people talking bad about their bodies. And I'm also trying to be very, very careful to not talk about my body in front of, yeah. in front of her. Um, I think that's important for moms to remember that kids are always listening to us and watching us and just not to, um, say anything negative about yourself in front of your kids. I agree. And think about how many people are going to watch that episode this week and be, feel so, emboldened by what you've said and will really help. I really think so. so. I really hope so because, you know, if it could help anyone, I I would do it a million times over. And I really didn't think that I'd ever talk about this on the show because there was no reason for it. Um, But it came up so naturally. I mean, you'll see the moment it came up and it's just like the words just flew out of my mouth and like, I'm so glad it did. So 
as we close, tell me w- the word that pops in your head when I mention all your cast members. Okay, ready? Uh-oh, okay. Okay, ter- Teresa. Strong. Melissa. Best. I mean, she- fun. Say fun. fun. Um, Dolores. Honest. Margaret. Warm. Jennifer. Traditional. Real Housewives of New Jersey just premiered last week. So tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. on Bravo. And then where can they find you on social media? Social media. I'm on Instagram at Jackie Goldschneider. I'm on Facebook at Jacqueline Mark Goldschneider and Jackie Goldschneider. And on Twitter at JG Schneid. Is there seriously anything better than a new great pair of shoes? I'm finding a ton of new shoes at ShoeDazzle.com and I've become a VIP member. Listen, ShoeDazzle is the club for the shoe obsessed and I know that you're just as obsessed as I am. But it's not about shoes only. Millions of women say ShoeDazzle is their one-stop shop for all things trendy, including clothing, accessories, and handbags. Whether it's boots, booties, sweaters, jeans, ShoeDazzle has everything that you're going to need for fall and winter. And you can shop as a guest or become a VIP member. And let me tell you, it's totally worth it. VIPs save 30% off most retail prices all day, every day. Plus, get free shipping and returns. And you're going to have access to tons of other exclusive sales and perks. And when you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz. And it's going to figure out your personality and personalize your shopping experience. So don't forget to select VIP membership at checkout. Shoe Dazzle releases hot new styles every week. So you're never going to wonder, what should I wear again? And you know what? If you go to ShoeDazzle.com slash reality now, sign up as a VIP, you're going to get 50% off your first order. That's ShoeDazzle.com slash reality to get half off everything on the site. Do it today. The hottest styles sell out fast. ShoeDazzle.com slash reality. I know everybody right now is on a health kick and that's why I want to tell you about Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Roe Body Program members have support throughout the process. Roe's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. Lauren Everts is the host of the Skinny Confidential podcast. She's sort of like a beauty expert, I would say. I'm so happy to tell you that she is a huge reality TV fan. And I discovered a long time ago, specifically loves Real Housewives of Orange County. So I thought of nobody better to review the finale, which aired this week. Lauren, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. What an intro. Okay. So one, they had a femme fatale party. They went shopping in Costa Mesa at the Wicked Chamber, which is basically a shop for people who have sex fetishes. When it was posed as an 
empowerment party to celebrate Mother's Day, and they all showed up with whips and chains. Did you support this theme party, or is this someplace that you would never want to be seen? I support anything that's spicy. I don't like boring. I always say that, like, wh- whoever is around me, you can be anything but boring. So I support it. I think you have to add a little spice into it. Um, so I'm supportive of that. And I think that, you know, do you. If that's what you want to do on Mother's Day, so be it. <laughs> the season needed a little spice, don't you think? Yeah, it was weak. It was really, really boring. In fact, when they said next week's season finale, I felt like there had been five episodes, which makes me believe they knew that this was in the shit can, maybe two episodes into filming. Okay, Vicky, who, as I mentioned, is probably 97 years old now, has brought along her boyfriend. Now, people have said this guy is just, you know, really into her, met her, and didn't understand that she was a reality star. I'm calling bullshit on that, especially since I've seen him in just about every single episode this season. When you see him on camera, do you want to kick him through the television, or do you think that this is a a lasting love? First of all, anyone that goes out of their way to say that they haven't seen the reality show has seen the reality show. Right. Like, you know, if someone goes out of their way and says, hi, I don't read your blog. It's like, why are you even leading with that? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's so weird. Right. Right. Um, I think he for sure knows who Vicki Gumbleson is. Like, who doesn't? Like, she's iconic. Um, And I do think, though, at the end of the day, it's her fault that she's attracting that kind of energy. I think that she needs to do some therapy and and hold herself accountable for the energy that she continues to attract. Because there's something happening where she's attracting these men that need her and and want something from her and have ulterior motives. Um, Do I want to kick him through the screen? No, because he just doesn't do anything for me. Like, he's boring. He He just sits there. So he's like, it's kind of just, he's there. Um, I think she needs to date someone with like a huge personality that has his own thing going on and makes his own money and doesn't need to live off Kodo insurance. I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. Emily flew into her depressed mom. She's discussed her in previous episodes, how she struggled with manic depression and I felt like it was a Hail Mary pass to stay on the show, to fly in her mother. It was clear that they have a really weird relationship and she barely knows the grandchildren. Were you as uncomfortable as I was watching those scenes? Yes. And I do. That is really interesting that you say that because it's like she saved her, her vulnerability card for the end and like to push it to the end and like make sure she squeezed all the toothpaste out of the tube. Exactly. Um, I feel like she did do that. And then if you saw, we saw a peek into the reunion. And if you see, she's like going like over the top at the reunion, which tells me that she's really feeling like she doesn't know if she's going to make it to next season. And she's auditioning and she's like going to pull out every card she can possibly pull out, which is why she maybe strategically flew out her mother. Although her husband to me is, is so quirky and like different that I think that she could have played up that a little bit more. Kelly brought a date and she kept referring to his pretty huge dick. Do you think that this guy will ever appear in subsequent episodes or we're going to look forward to another season where she just dates all kinds of guys? I think Kelly has been really underwhelming this season. I expected more from her. Um, I, I think that she's been a little boring too. I mean, 
she's she wasn't really what was her storyline that she dated i need more from kelly next season and if this guy is going to come along for the ride that's fine but she needs to give me more of her personality i would like them to kick off the old cast members and bring in some of kelly's inner circle because i feel like on instagram she's living her best life i want that world on television i would like to bring on kelly's brother Oh, yeah. I watched their Instagram feud. If you guys haven't listened or heard it, you have to Google it. They have this Instagram feud. Like, we need to know more about that. How did we get away with the whole season of OC and not know anything about her fight with her family? I agree. I agree. But I think it's because they filmed over a six-day process <laughs> and wedged all these episodes into it. Yeah, what is happening? I feel like, to be honest, I would call this season one of the laziest seasons I saw ever. Now, speaking of lazy, Shannon showed up for the femme fatale party in a black and white sequin jacket over a matching dress. It basically looked like um, maybe a job interview at Talbot's. I think that Shannon's confused with what goes together. Like, you know, her meal, her meals, like, like, what does she have? Like salmon and cream cheese, cream cheese. Yeah. Like, I think she's confused at things that go together. Um, I would tell Shannon that that she, the way she she dresses and she presents herself should be more positive and not so negative because I think the viewers could see that. And even when she's like getting dressed or putting her outfits on, everything feels like a heavy negativity. Um, and if she could rid that and come back next season, like on fire with so much positivity, I would like that. I would hope that for her. Let let this uh, let this adversity fuel you not victimize you i also thought it was odd that at the end of the party it seems like she stayed for 20 minutes and i must also note that the party seems like it was done at four o'clock in the afternoon totally in bright sunlight and they're all wearing hooker outfits and that shannon all of a sudden did a quick (laughs) quick change she put on like an axel rose bandana so she could leave to go to a poison concert Why did they let her leave early? Because I feel like in previous seasons, people need to stay until well after midnight. Remember remember the season where Gretchen, um, they got Gretchen naked wasted? We need more of that. Yep. They need to get get them all loose and and hanging out. Yeah, why did they let Shannon leave? That's so unfair. She had a concert? Here's my last question. At the season finale, we saw Tamara's son, Ryan, show up to the party. He has been on the show for so long. He's now pretty much bald. Do you know anyone who is single who could be a potential love match for this man? I don't know because Brian comes with a lot of different dynamics. I mean, he's going to be recognized if you go out to islands and (laughs) he, he has kids. Um, I would say at this point in time, I don't have someone on the tip of my tongue for Ryan, but I'd have to think about that. Why can't we set someone up on the show like Gina with him? Oh, that's a good call. I Okay, so like if they could live in the casita. Perfect. If Gina comes back to the show, she should date Ryan. And yes, there we go. That's a dynamic. That's a spicy dynamic. That's all we want is a spicy dynamic. Move Ryan into the casita. Gina's there. Her kids are in the other house. Throw Ryan's kids in there. He's got his lip tattoo, his lingering steroid addiction. Like, what could be better? So if people want to track you down, where can they find your podcast and where they can they find you on social media? 
at the Skinny Confidential on Instagram and the Skinny Confidential him and her podcast on iTunes. TLC has a television show called Unexpected. It takes a raw look at three teenage pregnancies and the effects it has on their families. Cricket Johnston told me that she is so into the show. And typically I stay away from shows about young people having babies because it's so depressing to me. But in this case, I caught up with the show and watched the tell-all that was hosted by Ricky Lake. So Cricket, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kate. I'm a huge Teen Mom fan. And when I heard about the show, I'm like, oh, it's just going to be some knockoff, uh, you know, knockoff Teen Mom. And for some reason, I like it so much better than than Teen Mom now. And I think what got me is it's not just about the, the teenagers having kids. It's every single one of them, their moms were all Teen Moms as well. And in some cases, the grandmas too. And it's just kind of fascinating to me that, you know, that part of it, like really fascinated me. And the thing is, is most of them, they say, oh, my mom never talked to me about birth control. One of the girls said, no one ever told me, you know, it was this easy to get pregnant. And I'm like, and and then one of the guys, Max, Chloe's, uh, I can get into that later. But but basically he, he just said, oh, I mean, yeah, we were just doing it. And I was going, you know, inside every single time and she never got pregnant. So we just thought it wouldn't happen. So these are the couples. Laura and Tyler. Tyler is spelled T-Y-L-O-R, which already I'm pissed off about. So Laura also has a younger sister. And I feel badly for the sister because her teen years are being robbed, not just because her sister is stealing all the attention of the parents with this new baby and her gross baby daddy. But (laughs) they've also allowed television cameras into the house. So she is going to reflect on this time with those memories and even in the tell-all she says I yeah I I harbor some resentment about all of this and that makes me angry that the parents didn't talk to the younger sister before they signed the contract to appear on the show what do you think first of all those parents are interesting to me I mean they always look so perplexed they always look confused like how did this happen like they're still in shock at the fact that she's having a baby. The mom never speaks. So then you have Chloe and Max. They seem like a a nice couple at first. But then Uh. you see that Max is probably high in every scene. His pupils are enormous, and he's also had an (laughs) arrest record. He has a a diabolical father. And you can see where that the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Max is a horrible person. Am I wrong? No, you are 100% right. First of all, I don't, I, I agree with you about him being high, but I also just think he's probably the stupidest, I feel bad saying that, person I've seen on TV. And I don't know if you heard about, we, later on, he gets arrested. I, I, I read something recently that they weren't even going, to, they had to do an, a psychiatric evaluation to make sure that he was competent enough to stand trial because of his low IQ. I believe it. So you, and you can tell just by the way he talks, I think he's high and he just has a very, very low IQ. Like he thinks, he thinks that they're going to be millionaires just because they're having kids early because they're going to learn how to be responsible before all their peers and learn how to manage it. It it makes no sense. He makes no sense. 
and he's condescending to the parents and Chloe's parents are, are a little mean, but it's completely warranted in my opinion. Um, they don't want her to be with this loser. Emily and Diego. Please oh, explain to me, Emily and Diego, because when Diego told her that she was still chubby after having a baby, I wanted to uh, put, put my hands through the television and then rip his eyeballs out. Me too. Okay, so Diego is that just typical jock, junior high school, hot guy that just thinks he's the shit. But anyways, they met. Um, she was um, she was varsity head of varsity cheerleading, and he was on the varsity football team. And she was head of, she was like, had everything going for her at at school. And they just decided that they, they they started having sex, absolutely no protection. They said they didn't want to spend money on condoms. But anyway, Diego is a complete asshole and Emily is an angel from heaven. Her mom was also a teen mom and her grandmother was a teen mom. And I think she's an amazing mom. And she is just dealing with this guy that's a complete asshole. I can't watch a show because I do not want to watch people using their parents as a crutch to take care of newborns while suffering yes. from cystic acne. I don't find that to be empowering <laughs> in, in in the least. So I wish them all well, but I think that this yeah. is something I'm going to do a hard pass on from going forward. Yes, I absolutely will. I love trash TV and this is the epitome of trash. So. <laughs> I will definitely be on board. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram um, at Criqueta, C-R-I-Q-U-E-T-A. Um, but yeah, hit me up on Instagram. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house. But I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package, you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. My pal Brian Howie is the host of the Great Love Debate podcast, and he has events all over the country. You need to go to an event. What is the overarching theme for you uh, that like their lives post show that they thought the show was going to change their lives in a way that it has not that they thought that the show because uh, they're most of them, at least the housewives, they're not in their 20s. Right. Okay. So they're sort of a lot of them have kids. A lot of them have lives. They sort of can't just pack up and go do whatever. So they all get thrown these opportunities 
by people who are trying to use them to to do some brand offshoot or whatever, and it very rarely pans out for yeah for any of them, you know, especially down here. What about the guys that are contestants on the Bachelorette? They get an insane amount of action the year, maybe six months to a year after the show ends. What happens the year after that? Are they dried up? They they get one. Uh, I learned this going back from. Do you remember that show, Average Joe? Yes. Those guys, they were average Joes, were able to, you know, go get a guest bartending gig in Norfolk, Virginia for a weekend for $1,000 and get laid all weekend. Yeah. Okay? It's always been sort of like that. These guys have a year of, I'm going to do a nightclub appearance. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. The pool of, of attractive girls that I have to choose from is far bigger than I ever had on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And then it's like... Ooh, now what do I do? Yeah. Because there's so many of them now kicking around. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so many hosting gigs to go around and there's only so many of uh, opportunities for them. And then they're like, do I, I mean, for every, you know, even somebody like, like Jesse Palmer who turned it into a legitimate business, you know, yeah. hosting co- commentator, you know, he was just basically yeah. a failed football player. Right. There's a lot of these guys around who are like, hey, I was on season, because now you're up to what, 24 seasons of The Bachelor yeah. and 18 seasons of The Bachelorette, something like that. There's hundreds and hundreds of them. And so you have got to either go into it with, here's what I want to do ahead of time, because if you think your five seconds of fame for the men is going to somehow propel you into some being some captain of industry or whatever, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. What about the women? Um, do you find that they're terrified of their fame diminishing? Uh, some are and some don't want any part of it, never want to go through it again. You know, yeah. it depends. Like like somebody, you know, we've we've dealt with, of the bachelorettes or the bachelor winners, I guess we've dealt with Emily Maynard who still, despite her, you know, quiet Christian married life in Charlotte, she still wants the spotlight. Yeah. She still wants to get back there. Ali Fedotowski has some level of hosting career, and she has it going, and she's got a couple more new shows, and that the, the show really did do a lot from her. She's fairly talented in that thing. Somebody like, I don't know, Desiree Hartsong, mm-hmm. she just wants to have a life with a kid and the husband. Right. In Seattle. She doesn't want to eat part of it. Somebody like um, Caitlin Bristow, she waited for a year to get somebody to say, we'll pay you guys to get married. And they never did. Yeah. She why? was waiting. Wait, they waited. They just broke up. Yeah. Officially. Her, she basically tread. She's from Canada, right? Yeah. She basically treaded water in Nashville with him. Waiting for somebody to say, if you guys get married, we will write a check to sponsor and pay for it. And those checks just don't come. They didn't come. It didn't I was come. always surprised by that. I she thought was waiting. someone would pay for that. So would I. But what they're offering, they're basically offering you an amount of money to marry somebody you don't love that it's not much better than marrying somebody for like a green card. Right. It's not, it's not enough to be like, we're going to do this because, I mean, he's running some like fitness center in Nashville and she's like hanging out. Right. And then eventually she's like, I'm just going to go home. 
and you got to go back to your life. Well, this is crazy. This is like amazing. <laughs> what? Who's the most diabolical person you've dealt with? Diabolical Re- in the reality right in the reality Chris world. Souls. Chris Souls. Chris Souls um, had those drinking demons, you know, and you knew them from the first time you talked to him. He, nice guy, knows how to play the part or whatever, but he, there's, there's a dark side of souls that, uh, that eventually, you know, sort of manifests itself in a bad way for him. Who's the most high-maintenance person in the reality world that you've had to deal with? Um, that I've had to deal with most high-maintenance. Uh, I can give you a most improved award. Okay. Brandy Glanville. Yeah, you, you've done a lot of stuff with her. Uh, I've known Brandy now for like 10 years. Yeah. Brandy used to be uh, one of the, like every possible stereotype of diva, Hollywood, pain in the ass. I might not show up. I'll be late. You need to do this for me to one of the most accommodating, generous, professional, mature people. That's nice. Really nice. So yeah. that's actually a success story. I actually really believe that. I do believe that. Yeah. Like she... Yeah. Uh, she had a weird situation where the best thing that happened in her life was her husband cheating on her. Right. Because she was basically walled off from that part of her who sort of wanted to be famous and sort of, and she gave that up to be, you know, mother and wife and everything. He cheats on her. She's basically let out of the box again. Yeah. Goes crazy for 10 years. And now she is uh, pleasant. She's a doll. She's pro. She's, and and the, the difference is, is sort of night and day. Well, uh, you love Johnny Bananas. I love Johnny Bananas. My, yeah. uh, I knew of Johnny Bananas, and I had no. I underestimated uh, the appeal that people and and the um, interest that people had in Johnny Bananas. So I just did a live show with Johnny Bananas. The other day. Could not have been nicer. Could not have been more gracious. Said that the thing that he looks for most in a in a girl is her relationship with her family and her father. Wow. Which is ironically the same thing Ben Higgins said to me, because hmm. I don't care if a girl was raised by wolves. Like, what do I care? But I was surprised uh, dealing with bananas that that was so important to him. Yeah, I, I thought see that. he was going to be like, I just want a fun, hot totally. party, whatever. But that, maybe that's because of age, too. I mean, he's been in the reality game for f- forever. 15. That's a long run. Yeah. You know, some of these people have long runs because you can count, you know, the Buna Murray people are very good at very pinpointing good. who we can count on. We can yeah. count on Trishel Canatella yes. to hit certain beats, to do certain mm-hmm. things, to go through that. I think they know what they're getting with bananas because yeah. it's it's really hard. Um, if you're casting a reality show, I know a little bit about how the reality sausage is made. You want somebody who's crazy or difficult enough to give you some on-screen stuff, yeah. but not so crazy that they'll shut down your production. Yeah. And that is a really tough bullseye to hit. Yeah. You know, especially on The Bachelor. When they're casting The Bachelor, I mean, you are really rolling the dice that one of these people is not a lunatic that will shut down your show. Well, tell everybody how they can listen to your show. <laughs> uh, the Great Love Debate podcast. Um, we deal with love, dating, sex, relationships, both from regular people, but we have a lot of celebrities and a lot of reality stars on there dishing the dirt. Uh, go to greatlovedebate.com or just look for the Great Love Debate podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The amazing Kate Casey. Mm.
So again, have a great Thanksgiving. And while you're sitting around the table, and if you can't think of something to talk to with that cousin that you despise or the great aunt that you have nothing in common with, mention this podcast, tell them how much you enjoy it, and then steal their phone when they're not looking and subscribe to the show and write a five-star review. And of course, invite your friends and family to join the Facebook page for this podcast. Go to Facebook and put in Reality Life with Kate Casey in the search button and join it. You can find me on Twitter too, at Kate Casey. You can send me notes about how you hate everyone at the table or how much you actually enjoy everyone this year. And on Instagram, at Kate Casey CA, tag me in your pictures of your Thanksgiving table or of the football game you're attending. Whatever you're doing this Thanksgiving, tag me on Instagram. I'd love to see it. Have a great week. Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. You have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are going to die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. We're not your enemies. We never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th. This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world isn't black and white. All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now.